pull up a bar stool. Welcome back. All right, I've got Andrew Foxwell on the show today. So that means we're going to be talking about the nerdy Facebook ad stuff. And things we can expect to fall in that discussion would be myths regarding business manager, optimizing for landing page views, bidding for value, engagement audiences. I think we even have, uh, there's that little switch that I just got access to to optimize for traffic until you have enough uh, data where Facebook can optimize for conversions. There's an automatic switch in there. So we're going to be talking about all that. Um, now, the business manager stuff, that's a little bit clo- closely related to a recent announcement uh, that Andrew and I have launched a new training program called Demystifying Business Manager. So if you work for an agency or you manage ads for others, this will be a critical one for you. So you go to johnlimmer.com slash business-manager-training. This training starts September 12th, although if you listen to this way after that, you can expect we'll probably be running it again. And uh, it's going to help you master this awesome, awesome tool, Business Manager. Again, that's johnlimmer.com slash business-manager-training. All right, you ready for this? Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. So, when's the last time uh, you were on the show, Andrew? Oh my gosh, in, in June, I think. I mean, it's been a, it has been a minute, as they say. In June of 82. Uh, yeah, it's been a long in time. In June of 82, you know, the Brewers were on top. <laughs> Pat Listash was on the team. No, no, Pat Listash was not. Oh, <laughs> killing me. All right. Uh, so anyone who's not familiar, usually, you know, once a month or so, uh, Andrew's on and we get nerdy with the Facebook stuff. Um, I took quite a hiatus for the most part during the past, during the summer. Um, I can go into the whole story of me coaching baseball and all that stuff, but that's what happened. But very happy to have Andrew back. Um, you know how this works. What are you drinking today at the pub? Oh, man, I have got some awesome home-brewed kombucha. Is it home-brewed? Is, is, it is home-brewed. As, as, yes, as is, it is alcoholic, I should say. Excuse me. So the deal on the home-brew is my friend runs a kombucha company called The Kombucha Shop. You can buy her products on Amazon.com uh, or go to thekombuchashop.com. She sells a homebrew kit, one of uh, Gracie and I's best friends. And uh, so we have started brewing. Gracie is now on her seventh batch. Um, And it's because it's so, and it's really cost effective, right? Because a bottle of kombucha is like six or $7. So I like the taste. It's it's nice, you know, kind of keep that, kind of keep that health going, which is good. It's a nice healthy drink. And, uh, you know, because otherwise I was, I was boozing with you. Yeah. You know, which again, I booze, I booze last night. So, I mean, I do live in Wisconsin. Let's remember this. The new, the new Glarus Oktoberfest came out uh, this week. Ooh. It's just a huge deal. Yeah. So that's like a, it's like kind of, kind of a, a major sign that it's coming into fall. It's called Staghorn. It's, it's, it's such an incredible beer. So anyway, picked up some of that, had, had some of that last night, which is so good. 
way too long talking about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I brought it up because I've been, I've even been skipping the topic the last several episodes because you know whether it's you or Jr. We've been so weak and haven't had anything. Kombucha is like close, I guess. So I, I don't. Really, I, we went to San Diego. I don't know where you're getting your kombucha because we're six and seven dollars, but um, we, we got a bunch there. And uh, like JJ had a kombucha. I, I guess maybe that might have been child abuse. But um, no, it's it's really good. Kid, yeah. You know, give well, kids a little bit. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But right now I'm working on a Kona Brewing Fire Rock Pale Ale. There have been so many, you know, go back from the start of uh, uh, the pubcast. I've probably had Kona Brewing like five times, if not more than that, on the show. Nice. But, you know, nice. it was between that and a Bud Light. It's always in my fridge right now. So. All right, man. Well, cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. So, um, there's there's a lot we could talk about today, but I think timing wise, since uh, you and I just launched a whole new training program on a business manager, demystifying business manager, um, go to johnlumber.com slash business manager training, I think. Damn it. Business business dash manager dash training. Yeah, I'm going to, I got to make sure that works. Johnlumer.com slash business dash manager dash training. Cause it may be Facebook business. Oh manager. no, it's Facebook's business. Well, actually, but no, I, I created two because, uh, I, I know I said that in, uh, uh, the last episode with JR and I announced it there. It, there's, you can also go to business manager training that works as well. Um, so anyway, uh, and, and Andrew put together the, um, that training, put together the four lessons and really looking forward to that. That's going to start on September 12th. But, uh, so I think starting on the topic of business manager, I know you're working on a blog post too, uh, about the myths, mm-hmm. business manager myths. I mean, you want to talk about that? What, what are some things that people think about business manager that's not actually true? I mean, you know, there's a lot, right? You could you could really spend time in here. I think there's common ones that we've heard through pieces uh, on through comments on John Limer Digital, uh, through uh, pieces that are in other places like Digital Marketer Community and requests that I've received. Uh, I think one of the most common is that uh, I've heard this a lot. One, business manager is much more difficult to use than ads manager. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's much more difficult to use and I'm just going to keep using ad manager. Well, a um, couple of things on that. One is it's actually, it, it, it's not more difficult to use an ad manager and actually it doesn't replace ad manager. So just right. kind of clarifying that really quick that it is, it's not a replacement for ad manager. It's actually uh, a tool that controls uh, your ads manager, uh, that connects to your ads manager, and then also connects into your Facebook pages and connects into your product catalogs, et cetera. So uh, it is a little bit overwhelming when you go in there, right? So, I mean, there's tons of offerings, tons of things that business manager has that can be confusing, but it's not more difficult to use. If if you are using the Facebook ads manager or even, I mean, you know, power editor. I mean, if you're using the power editor, this is, this is not going to be a problem for you on navigating. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it. So, uh, so here's the confusing thing for me because I don't know, was it three years ago or so? Um, people's, I mean, that was, that was a big push towards business manager and they, they launched it. And like the whole rumor back then was everyone's going to be 
moved over to business manager. And if you don't do it now, it's going to be automatic. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, I, I remember it. So like I convert, yep. converted over to business manager. I didn't even know that there was still an option to not use business manager. And so honestly, I have, I don't even know. So this is, this is why you're leading the training. I don't even know where the line is drawn between business manager, like what it looks like for someone who doesn't have business manager. What, like, what's the difference? Because, because like, as you're saying, they still have ads manager, still power editor, all the audience is all, is, are the menus different? Do they still have access to like all the pixel, pixel stuff? I assume is it just the business manager settings that they don't have? That's I mean, yes. I mean, basically what they, what they have is uh, they'll have a legacy way that they are managing it, which is the old way. Right. So a lot of people will have uh, a separate ad account. They'll have a separate page. They'll have the, all the pixels are administered through the ad account. Uh, and they are usually in most cases uh, using what's called a gray account. So they've created a, an account like Facebook ads at johnloomer.com that is a fake account that's a fake person that's managing the ads that's a shared login that people use. Oh my God, people, um, stop it. Don't do that, people. So there's, yeah, so this is a common common piece, but that's what it looks like is it's separate. And there's, and so, uh, you know, it, it creates a ton of issues. If you add an agency, you have to add, add that agency on their personal account. No way to easy connect and disconnect people. I mean, it, it creates an incredible amount of confusion and it, it's all siloed. Right. Mm. So, so even I think that's kind of what that looks like. And there's a ton of issues that you run into. So one thing that I've heard a lot is people that aren't connected to the business manager, if they have an issue, let's say it's a, a, a review and a policy review on an ad, or uh, let's say, you know, they have a billing issue, they'll email into help. Well, help won't help you until you've moved to business manager. Mm. Like they, they can't because it's all over the place. Right. So, uh, so, it's, it's, it is, it looks and appears to be a difficult tool to use, but it's because of all the options that you have. It's a little bit overwhelming looking at it, but all those options you have are actually there to make your life a lot easier. Right. Um, so, and there's, you know, there's a lot of confusion around the admin privileges, right? There's a lot of confusion around kind of where, how do you set this up the right way in terms of connecting people in? And a lot of people, as we know, and as you and I've heard in Facebook ads, always try to take shortcuts. So, um, you know, I think if you, if you do it the right way and set it up the right way from the beginning, you will, or fix the way that it's set up, it, yeah. it'll literally save you tons of time sure. and improve your ROI. Yeah. So. And when, when, when was it that business manager came out? Was it three years? Is that, is that a good estimation? How, how long has it been? Yeah, idea? it came out. It came out in the late summer, about this time, about three years ago. Uh, and I would say full adoption was in the f kind of going into the fall and the winter uh, of, of that period of time. So yeah. that's kind of when it came out. I can yeah. tell you when I switched over, I'm like, what the hell did I just do? Because it was it was buggy and and it was confusing and it was a mess and. Um, and and I it, think was scary too, it was right? scary. It was definitely scary. So, so I think a lot of the myths floating around now are kind of referring back to what what was happening then. Because I was telling people like, you may want to hold off on this at the time because it was like, it, like things weren't working right and it, it was it was nasty. But uh, now it's like I, it's like it's part of my normal you know process. Um, I don't even understand what it looks like. I said, I don't even understand what it looks like if you don't have business manager, like, um, you're starting, you're stuck in back in the old days. But, um, 
So, so absolutely. And so what's another myth? I know you've got a whole bunch of them that you're writing about. Yeah. I mean, another one that I've heard a lot is, uh, you know, my clients think it's a pain and they don't want to switch. Um, so they, so this is inherently you saying this is a myth of saying it is a pain, I guess. Right. My clients are saying it's, it's, it's a pain. My point here is look, switching to business manager isn't a choice. It's, it's, it's a must do. So yeah. it's 2017 business manager is over two years old at, I mean, you could say three, but let's say two. Uh, uh, and so you, it's not, it's not a pain and you should help them switch. But this is, this is really the impetus is on us, right? Mm. Uh, on the advanced advertisers and agencies to show the benefits to a client. It, it'll help bring them better transparency. It helps to make the advertising easier and ultimately saves people a ton of time. And as we know in this business, you know, time is money. So I think one thing that people don't understand, here's one of my favorite hidden features in business manager, you can see the history of every action that's ever been taken on any asset connected to your business manager. Mm. If you add your employees correctly, that is, that's an incredible tool. Mm. Can you see that it ads manager? If somebody makes an adjustment, sure. But you, you can, but you have to go down the sub level in business manager. You can look at all of them individually, which is really nice. So it, so don't make sure that when the clients say, this is this def- definitely a myth, it's not a pain. The switching of it in 99% of cases, if you set that up correctly, takes about 30 minutes or less, uh, in my opinion. Mm. And I've done this hundreds of times. Now there's certainly instances like the one I got brought to me yesterday about setting up a business manager for an organization that has 45 locations. Now that's going to take me a lot of hours, but 99% of those cases setting that up correctly. If you are a business owner or an agency uh, or, you know, somebody in the middle um, setting that up is just not going to take that long. If you know who your employees are, if you know the people you want to be connected, if you understand the things that you want to bring into the business manager to allow for uh, connection and easier management of your ads and uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Here's my response to anyone who says it's a pain to switch or a client says that like you're making it a pain for everybody else. Like for, cause with business manager, it makes it so much easier to, you know, add, add employees, add partners, add roles, uh, share custom audiences, share pixels, if if you can't do all that stuff, you're just you're making a huge pain for the people working with you. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly go. right. It's just you're creating more problems for yourself. Yeah. All right. So uh, they're saying it's a it's a pain to switch. They don't want to switch. Uh, what's what's another one? Another uh, and number, another one that we've heard commonly. There's a couple of different ones. One is it limits what we can do. Um, so it limits, you know, the actions that we can take in an account. Uh, and if you're set up correctly, that's uh, not true, yeah. right? So if they give you the proper permissions, that's not, that's not true. Another common with is, uh, it limits the number of ad accounts you can have. Now this one's actually really interesting. So I talked to Facebook about this, uh, and a lot of people said, I try to keep adding ad accounts right. or I'll, you know, try, I have in my agency. It's like, but it stops me at two or three and I can't get past that. Uh, so I talked to Facebook, a couple of different things. One is there are, there's no limit on the number of ad accounts you can create. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are exceptions to this and they're very rare. And most of them revolve around things that have had policy violations previously. Uh, so that's one. Don't be a jerk. However, some of you may have run into this in the past, right? Um, 
And I think you'd have to uh, be whitelisted to add more accounts. So this is something that in the previous, you know, two years ago that, that they did limit accidentally. It was basically something they, they, they kind of brought it in and they didn't want people to say, oh, okay, I'm, they're going to create hundreds of ad accounts off the bat. So they did initially ask it to whitelist and then there were some bugs in it. So you couldn't create more than one. Uh, but now this is from my, from a rep quote, if you are facing issues of ad account creation limits, then the something in the ad account isn't linked properly to business manager or it's bug. So you shouldn't have any problems with that anymore uh, in terms of limiting the number of accounts that you can have. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. And um, because I, I've created a whole bunch of, of test accounts and, and whatnot. Uh, I got a separate ad account for all my spider stuff too, so I can keep that split up. Um, which is another, I think, benefit of all this, right? If you got separate businesses, you don't want to put it all on the same, uh, under the same dollar, same credit card. It's easy to manage all that within Business Manager, as opposed to you probably have to log out and back in otherwise, right? Under different accounts, people who, are, who yeah. aren't using Business Manager. But um, <laughs> right, but if you are, you can switch between Business Managers fairly easily. Uh, although it's you know, there's there's some nuances to that as well. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, but I've heard that a lot where people are like, yeah, I can only create two ad accounts. And like, I don't know what to tell you because I've created a whole bunch. And I don't know if some of these people are also not using Business Manager and they're trying to create multiple ad accounts or what they're doing. But um, it's good to know that that's actually a myth. Or if you are having that problem, it's because you done screwed up and uh, you probably shouldn't <laughs> violate the rules. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All yeah. Right. I'm, I, 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 Go ahead. No, no, you continue. I was going to say, you know, this brings us to to uh, my personal favorite, uh, which is I heard this actually from a friend of mine last week who runs a digital marketing agency. And he said, uh, you know, I don't understand when you set up a client, a business manager, and when I'm setting it up for them, I have to be personal friends with them on Facebook. Uh. <laughs> and I'm like, so that actually brings up two things, right? One is, first of all, you don't have to do that. Uh, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be personal friends with the person. The way that that's setting that up then is that you are an employee of their business manager, which mm -hmm. is a problem because you shouldn't be an employee of their business manager or an admin of their business manager. You should be a partner if you're an agency. Mm -hmm. So, so what that does is they, the business, you don't want, you don't want to have the control of their entire business manager, because if things change with you guys or they change, there's going to be, you know, or whatever happens, right. There's going to be a lot of issues. Um, let's say they aren't paying their bills. Well, you're, you could be at fault and accounts that you're connected to could be seen that that would be an issue. So, uh, I think what this does is I, there's a, a blog post out there written by a buddy of mine named Tim who wrote about, uh, setting up business manager. And he actually wrote that you should always be an admin of the business manager versus being a partner, which I disagree with. You should mm -hmm. always connect those people as a partner because, and you should help your clients set it up via screen sharing and things to make sure they're the ones that are fully in charge and then give yourself the permissions that you need. Part of this is education, right? So part of it is you've got to teach them that there's differences between all these things and you want to be as flexible as possible. So the partner connection is helpful. And the thing is, if you're connected as a partner through your business manager, 
that's actually something that will benefit you because the more money that you are managing under a partner account, the more likely it is that you will become a managed account by Facebook and have a dedicated Facebook rep. So that's a huge value, right? That you, that a lot of people don't know. So if you're connected into all these different business managers, Facebook doesn't know that you you're not an employee of all these organizations. It thinks that you're an employee. They don't know that you're actually a partner in an agency working on that. So. Gotcha. You know, I, I wonder where that, because I think back and uh, again, it's, it's really hard to differentiate um, when all this happened and when these changes happened. When it, but I, I remember maybe it was like adding admin roles that you had to be friends. And I don't know if that's still the case. Or maybe when adding adding roles, adding adding uh, someone to your account, your ad account, you know, again without business manager, maybe you had to be friends. Because I, I, maybe that's where people are confusing this. Because I, I do remember that obstacle, um, not necessarily connected to business manager, but um, just wondering what, what the source is of that. All right. So, any other myths we need to cover? No, I would say those are the, the most common. Uh, I think people say it's uh, it doesn't improve ROI is another one that I've heard, which it definitely can if you set this up correctly and you spend the time uh, to get it get it going because it'll it'll save you a ton of time and therefore it does improve ROI. So those are some of the most common uh, that I've heard. Uh, a lot of them are uh, other mis- there's, there's there's a lot of misconceptions about what you need to do or how it goes, but uh, you can take the course and learn about kind of all of all of those and mm. learn about how to uh, to set it up the right way and, and be sure that you're a master. Also be on the lookout for a blog post from Andrew Foxwell on johnloomer.com about the myths of business manager. Yeah. So let's move on. Um, so that's business manager. Let's uh, let's talk about a few other things that have come about. Um, you know, we've talked about it in the PHC Elite weekly webinars, some of these new features. I don't have any of this stuff. It drives me crazy. Like every time I, I need anything or there's something something new and cool, I don't have it. But uh, optimizing for landing page views, do you have that? Do you have that on all your accounts? Am I just one of the few people? Yeah, I have, have it. I have it in some. I have it in some. It's interesting. I think there's two things here. One is there's um, within the bidding area of uh, the ad set, there's optimizing for landing page views, right? You can, you can say, I actually want to optimize for this instead of the click. And, and, um, and it's be clear this is when you have um when your objective is conversions is that right uh, it can this is for the click to website um, oh yeah mm. objective uh so you can so basically facebook knows via a topic we discussed yesterday john uh, microdata they know how long people are spending on your site. And so uh, they can find people just like they can find people that are going to convert. They can find people that are going to engage. They also know people that are actually going to view a landing page and spend time on it, right? Which is different than a lot of other uh, people are advertising for, which is for clicks to get people to click to your website. So what you're doing is you're saying to Facebook, I want to pay for people to, to get there. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing which is interesting. And I think uh, I have seen okay results with that optimization. Where I have seen better results is when you are optimizing for on a conversion campaign, separate, separate but related topic, instead of optimizing for purchase or for conversion or for, you know, one of the, something lower funnel, and you can optimize for 
uh, landing page view or, you know, page view, basically, uh, uh, which is a default event under the Facebook pixel. And that can help you to build some of your, your data uh, a little bit easier. Wait, 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 wait. Because so, if, so maybe I misunderstood. Um, are we talking about it on the optimization for ad delivery, where instead of selecting link clicks, impressions, daily unique reach, uh, you're selecting landing page view, or are you talking about, what, what are you talking about? This is, I'm, opt, I'm talking about now under the conversion objective, selecting the pixel event of page, page view. views. Okay. Yep. So two two separate things, oh, but they about use two, the two same okay. language. Yep. Yep. So some people that have seen good success on the click to website objective, optimizing for landing page views instead of clicks. What I have heard and seen better results with myself is a lot of times, as you know, you run a conversion campaign, right? You're trying to sell something, trying to get people to sign up for stuff. And Facebook technically needs 10 conversions a day on an ad set to fully optimize. And that conversion is whatever you have selected to optimize for with the pixel uh, at the conversion, at the ad set level, right? For the conversion. So uh, a common strategy that people do because there's more data. If you're an e-commerce company, instead of optimizing for purchase, you optimize for add to cart or for initiate checkout. Right. Uh, and something that on brand new prospecting traffic that I have seen and know and myself and other people I've talked to uh, have been seeing a lot of success with is the page view optimization. More data, more people click into the page view, allows that ad set to optimize faster and generally is, is something I think can, can, can do pretty well. Uh, so anyway, kind of an interesting, uh, interesting topic. No, absolutely. And, um, and it makes sense, right? So a lot of times people ask, you know, how many conversions do you need to be able to optimize for a conversion? And I think that the number, Facebook, it has been updated where I think instead of it being that 25 for a day, Facebook is saying, you know, 25 to 50 for a week. But but still, it doesn't, how, mu how much data is that and how valuable is that? Right? If that? If that's all you've got. So the more, the more good quality data for Facebook to optimize from, the better. And uh, so, you know, even if you've got 25 conversions over a week, you may want to try a different type of conversion as opposed to the, the, the straight up purchase uh, where you can give Facebook more data to work with and see, you know, what do these people look like so we can better optimize. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I just checked to make sure and I definitely do not have that landing page views optimization for the traffic objective. So once again, I'm kind of ticked off and annoyed. Uh, but I think you've, you, there's another one that, you, that we've talked about that, um, that you want to talk about as well, the bidding for value results that I don't believe I have either. Yeah, it's uh, so this is interesting. This is brand new, still in beta. Um, I talked to, there's a case study that just came out. You can check it out on the uh, uh, Facebook for business case studies that came out about Pure Vita bracelets uh, and Pure Vita, they have, uh, they tested this in alpha uh, for Facebook uh, and the agency that runs their ads. I used to work with Pure Vita bracelets uh, and grew them. And then I handed them off to a, a bigger agency, my friends at some digital uh, and they did an alpha test on this. And basically under the conversions, what it allows you to do is allows you to, instead of selecting for, 
uh, purchase or whatever, you can actually bid for value. So what Facebook's doing in this sense is, okay, I want to find people that are not only going to convert, but are going to convert and spend more money. So it's finding people that are within your target audience that are not only going to buy, but are people that are going to probably buy more things or have a higher average order value. So this is obviously insane, right? Like this is how <laughs> this is super cool. Um, and it's, and you know, it, it is a very, there's a very small group for this yet because Facebook is still learning. If you think about the conversion objective, you know, this is really the conversion objective on Facebook has really not been around that long. So Facebook has only probably at best, I'm going to say three to four years of really good data yeah, on this, which sure. is, which they're learning, right. About how we go about it, how many people buy. Uh, and so, this is something that in certain markets, I think, will work better than others, but it, it is going to allow us to do that. You can optimize for it. Uh, and these guys, you know, the, the case study, they, I think they saw a, uh, they saw, uh, a 2x uh, return on ad spend. They saw a 14% increase in website purchases, mm. uh, and they saw a 10% increase in order values. Uh, which is what they're obviously that's you know that's what they're trying to, to to do right they're trying to say uh we're trying to find can we raise the the average order value which right. they did so I, I don't know what do you think do you think this is going to work out or maybe I mean, think- like I, I see a, a potential connection there to the customer lifetime value look like audiences that they're creating you can create now too where yeah they're, they're probably getting point. some of that data where um, advertisers are uploading the the lifetime value of their customers. And so Facebook can look at that and, and focus on that when optimizing here. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, once again, something I don't have, but I think it could certainly be valuable because, you know, one, each conversion isn't equal and uh, it's important to, to focus on trying to optimize for the best, best conversion. You know, what's funny is, um, so as you're talking and I'm poking around to see, you know, make sure whether I have this or not, um, something I know for a fact I did not have uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, because I conducted the fourth lesson of the uh, Pixel program training, and I checked to see if I have this. I do now have it. It's um, where you can optimize for link clicks until there's enough data to optimize for conversions. Sure. Uh, so sure. So that's interesting. So basically, um, and we, we talk about a lot of times how, because you know, we were just kind of referring to this a minute ago. Like, do you have en- enough conversions over a one-week period to give Facebook enough data to properly optimize? If you don't, maybe try a different type of conversion, whatever. Well, another thing that you often hear people recommending is optimizing for traffic or link clicks until Facebook has enough data. But you do all that manually. However, there's, right. there's something that's been rolling out that I finally got just recently, obviously, uh, is when your objective is conversions, you're optimizing for conversions, you'll see this little slider button thing where you can optimize for link clicks until there's enough data to optimize for conversions. And um, so then it's more automatic, and right? Is that the way it works? The Facebook will automatically switch over once they feel comfortable optimizing for conversions? That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. So it's, I mean, that that's essentially what it does. It's interesting. I have I have not had great results with that automatic switch yet, yeah. but a lot of people are uh, are doing the switch. It's it's a common thing to do. Gives you traction. 
optimize and you get some sales and then you can start to switch it over. Uh, and this is actually a practice that in Facebook official webinars, they talk about, um, which is unique. A lot of these things are things that we've discovered and then they don't necessarily talk about. And this one is actually one that they talk about because what it does is it enters you into the algorithm. I mean, this it all goes back to this thinking that I have, which is this, the concentric circles that are within each other, that total audience size of one that's 100% of your audience, the different objectives reach different parts of that. So a click to website objective is, you know, 70% of that size of that total audience, you know, whatever, right? And so that's why it you reach more people and you get more data and then you can go and shrink that down to that conversion objective within your totally total audience size that's maybe a circle that's 10% of the size of the total circle because there's so few people that actually convert. So it makes sense uh, doing it this way and it's something that um, I've had success with and it is it, essentially it's akin to optimizing for what we just talked about add to cart initiate checkout something you know page view something farther up the funnel first and then switching it as time yeah. goes on right. that's no, there's nothing wrong with that and it's effective and uh, and I you know I encourage people to give that a shot especially if you're having a hard time I'm seeing traction absolutely no it's a uh, Facebook it's it's really pretty amazing to me how they're constantly adding to our toolbox as advertisers. You try to do Twitter advertising or anything else, and it's just so primitive compared to everything you can do with Facebook ads. And um, I think, for example, what was it uh, maybe a year and a half ago or so, where Facebook first um, rolled out or started rolling out engagement audiences, and all that was at the time was a video engagement custom audience. But I was like, oh crap. You know, they're just calling it an engagement audience. So there's gonna be all types of engagement that we can use for this. And wouldn't you know, uh, today at least we've got one, two, three, four, five, six different types of engagement, uh, whether it's video, lead form, full screen experience, which they've renamed, renamed it's Canvas, uh, Facebook page, Instagram business profile, and event. <laughs> And there's more coming. You can bet on it. Uh, but, yeah, I guess I just switched uh, switched topics. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I think they're great, right? And there's definitely going to be uh, ways that you'll be able to continue to uh, break these down. For example, right now with the engagement objective, one that's particularly valuable for a lot of e-commerce companies is the uh Instagram one, right? So yeah. people that have engaged with Instagram in a certain way, um, what they're going to allow, I think eventually, and, and they allow it now, you know, let's say people that have engaged with an ad or people that have clicked or people that, you know, whatever, right? Uh, that's going to continue to be expanded upon, which is super smart. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're going to have expansions like they tagged a friend um, mm. and they'll have that one for Facebook as well. Because the most valuable thing that we all need access to is that data on what the users are doing so we can create lookalikes mostly. I mean, obviously using it in the in kind of a different part of your sales funnel of people that have engaged with maybe not purchased is a great thing to do. But really the thing that they want to always give us is places to create more lookalike audiences um, because they're just so valuable for that top funnel prospecting traffic. Word. Yeah, no, so, I, I mean, I, I love the engagement audiences. Oh, I just man. think they're so I just think well, they're killer. It, when you think about it, um, 
you know, I always I talk so much about website custom audiences and how valuable they are, and they are valuable. But um, I think uh, what I don't give enough attention to, and probably don't give enough focus to in my advertising, is engagement custom audiences. Because the reality is, if if you are on Facebook and you have proven to engage with my stuff on Facebook in the past, I should probably target you again, regardless of whether you're always on my website. Because if you're always on my website, that doesn't mean you're going to engage with my stuff on Facebook. It's it's that kind of disconnect. But now um, we can probably find the intersect between those two, and that, w- that would be great. But um, right. yeah, I found that, in general, usually the cost per, especially uh, top-of-the-funnel action, uh, so like cost per engagement, cost per website click, when using an engagement custom audience is so cheap for obvious reasons. They've engaged with you before. So let's target those people. Right. They want to hear from you. And, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not thinking about that. I think I, there's so much focus on in the in the industry um, from other places in, in the Facebook ad industry that is about top funnel prospecting traffic, right? It's about brand new stuff. How do we get, how do we get in front of more people and scale and what doesn't get talked about, but what you do well, and John to compliment you is uh, you talk about fans, you talk about um, how to make sure that you're playing the long game and take care of your people. And there's not enough of that discussion. Uh, and th- these engagement audiences are a great way to do that. So, uh, so anyway, I, I think that's a fantastic uh, fantastic way to really take care of your people uh, and to get them to convert because they've already said they're interested in it. Word. Well, we're about uh, five minutes past ish, but um, you tell me, Andrew, where can people find you? I'll tell you, people can find me at uh, johnloomer.com backslash ah. business manager training. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can find me at foxwelldigital.com uh, or you can find me at Andrew Foxwell on Twitter and you can check out Foxwell Digital on Facebook as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I really look forward to, I, I mean, I'll tell you one little plug here. Uh, if you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, um, I do, I co-host another podcast actually with my buddy Austin called E-Commerce Influence and uh, you can check that out, E-Commerce Influence podcast. Uh, it's a, been a ton of fun talk about email, talk about Facebook direct response, talk about, uh, we just interviewed a guy named Jeff who uh, created a desk organizer and raised almost a half a million dollars on Kickstarter in less than 45 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this guy is just insane. And it shows you, you'll say, wow, he made a lot of money. And you know how long Jeff worked on this? Four years nice. <laughs> before he, he pressed play. So, uh, it gives you an idea of the value of hard work and really an interesting episode that just came out there. So yeah, check it out. I look, look forward to hearing from everybody. Well, I asked the uh, bartender for my tab and all I've got on it is my beer. He's kind of mad at you for uh, bringing in your own kombucha, but uh, I understand. yeah, just a, a final point, final reminder. If you haven't heard it enough, johnlumber.com slash business dash manager dash training, $297. Seriously, if you're an agency or work for an agency or manage ads for others, uh, absolutely critical tool that you know how to master, and we're going to do that for you. Um, that starts September 12th, depending on when you listen to this. 
Uh, you may have time. If you've listened to it after the fact, there's a good chance we're running it a second time. So go back and check to see if you can still register. But thanks again, Andrew, for being on the show. Uh, until next time, do awesome things.